Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back. Kim here, or Yaya. You can call me Aloma. You can call me Makaya, whatever you wish. I'm your local rabbi and minister here in Ohio, in Lawrence County, uh, of Sacred Elohim Diamond Light and Pearl Ministries online. Um, tonight is a little bit different. We've been doing a series on pro prophetic insights. Now, you know, I do deal a lot with prophecy. I do have prophetic intuition. Um, we're not going to discuss that here tonight. Uh, tonight, mainly I'm focused just on my podcast. Um, I do also do an online recording every so often, but right now I've been kind of hightailing it for a while. Um, there's been some new developments on the rise with the vaccines lately. So we're going to go over to news first for the first 15 minutes. Riots are still going on in most of the southern states, um, some of them in Philadelphia, some of them in New York, some of them in California. California and all that, ha about half the West Coast is in blaze right now and has been in blaze and they can't control it. Um, I pose this question on Facebook quite often when I do a recording. <sighs> Where's our pastors? Where's our Messianic rabbis? Where's our rabbis in general? And where's our government leaders in the United States? Where are they standing right now? Are they not worried about the American people? Um, and I pose this quite literally. Um, you've got 13 states that are Democratic right now, maybe 15. Um, and every one of them is imposing lockdowns. They're arresting pastors. They're arresting people in general that are getting out here and singing. They're putting them in prison for social distancing. They don't want them to preach. They don't want them to sing. They don't want them to do anything out in general public. So they'll do anything to stop them from stopping, giving them permits to have groupings and gatherings to actually arresting everybody, loading them up in trucks and putting them in prison and giving them a criminal record. I don't understand this. Where has our society turned to? that wrong is right and right is wrong. I don't know. I'll stand and fight for what I can, but I feel I'm alone. Uh, don't get me wrong. Impact is fighting, and there's some of them in, in areas that are not being oppressed right now, like where I'm at, that have that freedom because the governors have stepped aside and accepted the fact that we are essential. But then you've got people like Cuomo. Newsom, Whitmore, and some others that are so far leftist, they don't care. Next news, Pennsylvania has had something between maybe 15,000 to 16,000 absentee ballots found in the trash, believe it or not. And most of these ballots were Trump voters. Okay, interesting. Isn't it against the law to mess with votes? Those votes are to go in to be tallied, not thrown in a trash. Interesting. Um, and we still have these people, and, and the police are being killed right and left. Our men in blue are being killed right and left. They're picketing. They're anarching. They're, they're fighting. They're 
terrorizing. They're stealing people's property they think they own. Um, they're tearing this nation apart in certain states. And oh, Cuomo and some of these other, pardon my language, fools are doing is saying, well, they are right. They are picketers. Therefore, they have a right to picket. Therefore, we're to stay in our houses and not fight back. I'm going to tell you something. What they're standing for, and don't get me wrong, everyone is privileged. Everyone. Even me. Even you. Even everybody out there that is sane and stable, that has some sanity during this hardship with the corona. Uh, We are privileged to have air conditioning, books, computers, Bibles, anything that teaches us, even going to school. But those privileges are earned. They're not free. And they're certainly not, we can certainly not go without our men in blue protecting us. But yet this whole anarchist, Islamicist, BLM, Marxist, you name it, they're going at it. I don't see the point. And a lot of it is young people that has been trained in schools under the Obama administration. And I'm not going to be a a patsy or a pitter-patter to it anymore. I'm not going to sit and not speak out the truth. Obama put regulations into the schools to teach wrong etiquettes. Now our kids are suffering for it, and they're out here as citizens that have been molded by our own teachers that are teaching this leftist view to destroy our nation. It's in our colleges. I'm a college student myself, and it's in it. It's in our high schools, and it's now weeded all the way down to our, our grade school level. And it's shocking what they're doing. They're, they're tossing out history, vital history, for falsities. Even Native American history is being destroyed right and left. Now, I have a Native American history in me, and I respect it. I respect it because I'm a hodgepodge, okay? Uh, My father had Inuit, my mother had Cherokee, and Shoshone. But I also have English blood. I have German blood. I had a grandmother that had African-American in her, not as pronounced. Um, And then also I have Jewish blood or Hebrew. I'm Hebrew. I honor all that, even though I am recognized mainly by the culture I'm in as Hebrew. And I'm a believer in Yeshua and the Father. To see what is going on is appalling. It's shocking. It's denigrating. I am an American citizen that has moral standing. I don't have sex out of marriage. I don't support homosexuality. I'm sorry. I don't. Or any other form of pedophilia. Um, And I certainly am not going to accept wrongdoing and sin and evil that I know that's evil. But yet I'm being told I'm wrong. 
I'm racist, I'm all the above. I'm going to say this to these people that say this. I love you with all my heart. And the Lord has put love in my heart. But the Father cannot stand sin. Any kind of sin. He's a holy and just God. And if you think you're going to dis dethrone God, I think you're sadly mistaken. Uh, you might make the Father mad at you and he might strike you down. And this is not a political statement. As some may think it is, it's time that we step forward and become political or we're going to lose our rights, people. Am I the only one seeing this? 20, 25 years ago when I was a child, everything from the freedom of religion to the freedom to write and bear arms to the freedom to be able to give your opinion mattered now the mainstream that was the mainstream is the mainstream wrong and they don't want to accept their wrongs they want them as rights instead of wrongs well sin is not a right liberal tossing of socialism is not right let me ask you this if i was to go in their home and hold a gun to their head and I'm making a statement, and kill them. Shouldn't I answer for my crimes? What about them? The first thing that the Father teaches us is to love Yahuwah, or God, with all our heart, mind, and soul, and to honor Him. Then we are to honor His Sabbath. Then we are to honor His high holy days. Mm? And then we are to have no idols before us. Then next we are to Honor our father and mother. We are to honor our neighbor as thyself. Thou shall not steal. Thou shall not covet. Thou shall not lie. Hmm. Or in this case, thou shall not bear false witness. Is what it means of another. Thou shall not commit adultery. Hmm. I've already stated about eight or nine of the Ten Commandments. And, and the fundamental of those Ten Commandments is thou shall love thy God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and thou shall love thy neighbor as thyself. These are the foundations of the prophets, and they're most key. But we're also to love our brethren and our sistren within the community of believers. Ehad. I'm speaking to the Christian and Jewish community that believe right now. Echad, come together. Echad, we are to fight. Echad, we have a war, and it's a spiritual war. Echad, the Father wants Echad. I've called time and time again on YouTube. I've called time and time again on Facebook. Yes, I'm a rabbi, and I submitted myself under to my Gentile brethren. To be ordained because I've already got my ordination as a rabbi I'm working on the high priest part of it now but I will tell you this as a voice one voice I've been calling out for several months now we are in the end times I'm not gonna deny it 
coronavirus is only the start. It brought out the evils of our society. There's no denying. After the 70 years were fulfilled with a jubilee, now we're heading towards and rushing mighty fast towards judgment of the world. Not just America in general, but the world. To the point now that Democrats, and I'm, I'm, I'm nitpicking here, I'm, I'm getting a little political, yes, but I, I'm making a statement, are calling for the death of our children from the out of the womb. 20 years ago, it was killing a baby, and who cares about the mother if she survives it or not? Six of ten women that have an abortion die from the abortion, but yet it's okay. But yet we've we've put millions of babies to death for what? Body part farms. And now they're getting so desperate for organs and body parts. Now they want to take a baby and the mother has no choice. They want to kill a full-term baby by ramming a rod in its head, then take the baby to take its body parts out so they can put the body parts in you. Interesting. And this is a communist manifesto. Now, in the early 80s, when Reagan was in, he brought down the uh, communist regime in Russia. Okay? The walls of the Iron Curtain come down. Here we got now, we're having the same problem again. Nearly 43 years later, here I am going on 44, that you got communists and Nazis in the White House wanting to destroy everything. It's an eerie, eerie proposition that they're going to tout it as socialism, when in fact it's not socialism, it's Nazism. It comes right out of the books of Hitler, eugenics. Uh, the communists used it. The Maoists used it. And now you're seeing it here. And don't think that they're wiping out history because you don't think they're racist. Well, let me tell you, your Democrat Party was originally Nazis in the United States before World War II. That's a historical fact. They supported Hitler. So I'm giving you justified for calls. Now, the second half, uh, we're coming at the top of the hour. The second half, we're going to talk about AstraZeneca and what's going on with AstraZeneca. Tonight is a night of news. Um, coronavirus is raging right now still, and we will talk about that as well. I will cut for 10 minutes, and I'll be right back. Oh, right. Hello, hello, my friends. So we are going to go to the second half, and we're going to go over welcoming people. So I welcome from the U.S., Ohio, Virginia, Texas, Pennsylvania, Washington, Oregon, California, Illinois, New York, Alabama. For the first time, we got Michigan and Maryland. North Carolina, we've added Minnesota finally. Hmm, I'm growing. Indiana and Arizona. I'm hopefully hoping everybody else will pick up at some point. Other countries, Ireland, Canada, Russia, welcome, UK. This is vital for UK, people. Australia, Fiore Islands, New Zealand, and Germany. 
So, I welcome Britain for the first time. Say la vie. So, I'm picking up people that I didn't expect to pick up. So, this will be vital for Britain tonight. My brothers and sisters in Britain, take forewarn when I announce what I'm going to announce. So, now we, I'm going to invite you at Impact Church. You can also find it on Facebook, Instagram. They have Sunday services at 11 a.m. Um, they are at 2319 South 6th Street in Arnton, Ohio. Uh, you can go to impact.com to find out more about them. And you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. So there we go. That's the church that I go to. Okay, so what are we looking at right now? I just recently read an article uh, dealing with AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca was doing trials in Britain, South Africa, and a couple other countries, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, let me check. We'll go and look at that. Uh, they was ta- doing a randomized three, which is their second stage, double-blind, placebo-controlled, multi-centered study in adults to determine the safety and effectiveness of the immunocytes of the AZD-1222 non-replicated dealing with COVID-19. This is their provision. And it goes on talking about, it was also going to start the testing in America. Now, this is their second round. And they was doing a third round. Um, The last time this test was done was on September the 17th. And it goes on talking about the schedule of activities, what they were doing, how they were doing, and so forth and so on. Um, And it talks about intermetrium. But we go down here to the last page of the study assessment. They took the patient's vital signs and and everything like that in the controlled study. Then all of a sudden, they had one woman that was pregnant that was given this vaccine. And she had some complications. Um, And it goes on talking about medical devices, the dosage, human biological samples, so forth and so on. And they leave out the, the bottom line of the interim study of the resources and the scheduling. But there is another article, and I'm gonna read it. This young lady, one of two, the other one was pregnant, says, they've killed God. I cannot feel God. My soul is dead. AstraZeneca halts COVID-19 vaccine trials after second volunteer develops neurological problems. They're considering this vaccine causing neurological problems or saying the belief in God and then losing God is neurological. Mm, interesting. So let's go on to see what it says. AstraZeneca revealed details of its large corona vaccine trials on Saturday. The third in a wave of rare disclosures by the drug company under pressure to be more transparent about how they are testing products that are the world's best hope for ending the pandemic. The release comes after a second vaccine test volunteer developed neurological problems, according to sources who claim to be familiar with the vaccine trials. The second volunteer suddenly started saying, they've killed God. I can't feel God anymore. My soul is dead after the vaccine. 
Mm. And this was in Britain, not the United States, Britain. The first one was a pregnant woman, had neurological damage, and ended up having a miscarriage, um, which is scary. If they administer this right now, now I've got firsthand experience of the points because I go to these meetings that talk about this through the school. If they minister this vaccine right now, there's a possibility it could cause neurological damage in the brain and it cut off our functioning of God and belief in God. It's damaging those vital portions, our soul. Because of, of, they're saying it's the effect of the nanotechnology from the uh, vaccine that they're using. Um, and they disclose it right here. AZD, 122 out of 1,000 randomized participants enrolled. They was two affected. Ratio 2 to 1 received the vaccine in a, and a, a saline placebo. In this preliminary endpoint, two of 1,800 participants in the two sections of the study had problems. Dylan from neurological to miscarriage. Uh, let's see here. The preliminary estimate is they put it one dose in the study was given to participants in this scenario. And these two particular participants had adverse reactions in the first 15 days of the placebo. And they give the days, day 1 through 29, day 8 through 36, day 15 through 34, ages 55 to 70 accepted it. And this woman was in her 40s, and the other one was in her 40s. One of them was pregnant, and the other one was not. The one pregnant miscarried. The other one had neurological damage of the brain from meningitis caused by the drug, which is interesting. It landed both of them in hospitalization. So you take it, you leave it. I'm not judging. Um, but I'm not taking their placebo. I'm not taking any kind of vaccine. The, the, the primary places are giving it is UK, Brazil, and South Africa. They, they, they want to do another COVID-1 and COVID testing three. Uh, they started in April, and we were told they won't be a vaccine for 18 months, and they had already started after they put us in lockdown. Uh, the second test happened in May and another one in July. Uh, there was 554 patients who received the dose and 10 participants had an adverse reaction uh, in the States. That's why it's put on hold. They had fever, malaise, and either mal, basically vomiting. Um, out of these participants, there was two in the UK that had side effects. One of them had neurological, and the other one had neurological damage to the fetus and miscarriage of the fetus. Interesting. But they're overlooking this thing to get this out so they can get it to the general public. Well, they're not putting it in me. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and that's my opinion. And then they go on just talking about page after page after page of information. And here's what 
They experience fever, shortness of breath, difficulty breathing, chills, coughing, fever, muscle aches, body aches, loss of taste. Same things as the COVID-19 symptoms, runny nose, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea in the first seven days. So the vaccine is worse than the COVID, according to this. Uh, the rational study, they ended it in justifying that these two doses are needed. The end of the study, study populations, blah, blah, blah. Um, reproduction. Regarding reproduction of childbearing potential. It has a negative pregnancy, negative effect on pregnancy, but yet they've had one woman have a miscarriage in the first day. Using one high dose affects, affects the fetus in a 28-day period. They advise a woman that is pregnant not to take it for 60 days. Interesting. Because it has a contraceptive effect. Their suggestions for this vaccine is a woman have ster surgical sterilization, tubal ligation, an ectomy or hysterectomy. Postmenopausal women over 50 are more than acceptable unless they have a cesarean section. Don't use follicle steroid, steroid hormones in the range of this thing. Um, they advise not to. And women over 50, premenopausal, and has a history of an anorea. Interesting. Don't be on progesterone, in other words. Um, they talk about possibility of it causing malignancy cancer tumors. Um, here's what is interesting. Prior commitment therapies, this is how they're getting it out. Recipients of any vaccine licensed or investigating, they're licensing this to mix it with the influenza virus within the 30 days prior to run an initial test study in England. Uh, this is how they're doing it. They're going to put it with influenza. Interesting. This is how they're literally pushing it out. Influenza virus. They're mixing the two together. Interesting as cognitive therapies, screen failures. Oh, wow. Study intravenously, uh, dosage instructions. They have it all here. They're, they're telling you what that, how they want to do it. They give a placebo, and then they, they do a randomized blind test study. Blindness, it's called blindness, people. And then unblinding, study intervention compliance, commitment therapies, permits. They're looking to get the permits for it here in the States. Medication. And this was before the halt. Then this, then here the discontinuation of the study and the participants' discontinu discontinuation and withdrawal. And this is what caused it. It said withdrawal of the consent of the forms of the patient. Patient meets one or more exclusive criteria and fails to meet the inclusion of the study of the participant. Laboratory confirms an infection from the virus in the vaccine. Participants, if pregnant or nursing, have a miscarriage. Any allergic reactions from the 
initial vaccine that they have an allergic reaction, um, SAE problems dealing with the heart, and AE problems related to the intervention that jeopardize the health of the participant dealing with neurological damage. Study suspension and determination was based on the two people that had the neurological damage. Right here, they're telling you. Loss and follow-up, study assessment and procedures, effectiveness, and again, they give you the the symptoms from, from CDC and then what the test is causing. Um, digital health devices. And they go over it again. They're, they're reiterating the whole synopsis. It's just page after patient. They take vital signs, laboratory, clinical assessments, and then they give them this thing and they have problems. Right now they're doing A and E follow-ups and SEA follow-ups. SEA follow-ups, I can tell you what those are. Those are dealing with heart and vascular issues and also dealing with neurological damage. They're describing it right here. AE variables, uh, standard stops, severity grade, and maximum grade of the severity of the grade of the human body response systems. AE participating with uh, and outcomes. Hey, here's something that catches it. Probably cause of death, death and discharge of hospitals and date of hospitalization from this vaccine. Interesting. Signs and symptoms of degeneration. Uh, examination of test, high law, high law being quoted. Uh, SAE and M. AAEs, muscle pain, fatigue, heart problems, headaches, malaysia, nausea and vomiting. It's a common symptoms. AESI irrelevant to vaccine include neurological general convulsions, Jillian Barron syndrome, and acute dismissive F. Ephenitis, immunology, vascular problems, anaphylaxis, and vaccine associated with respiratory diseases. Uh, it also caused hematological problems, thrombosis. So these are the things that, that has stopped the testing on this vaccine. Right here, it shows you. Generalized convulsions, that means somebody having an epileptic seizure, basically. Jillian Barian syndrome. Jillian Barian syndrome is dealing with nerve issues. Acute dys dysmysia inflammitis. Inflammitis or inflammitis is dealing with your legs, infection of the legs or your brain. Um, immunology, uh, vascular titis, which is dealing with the heart. Anaphylactic, which I have with what I have, which is cystic fibrosis, it's also dealing with asthma. Then you got vaccine associated with enhancing respiratory disease, which is interesting to see that that it enhances what you already have. And then it causes thrombosis, dealing with the blood, blood clotting, serious advisory effects. All pregnancy outcomes with contraceptive below the administer, they're saying don't even give it to pregnant women, but they give it to a pregnant woman. 
maternal exposure of pregnant women to this and complications. It says, if pregnancy occurs in the course of the study, then the investigator and other personal forms a response one day, i.e. immediately no later than 24 hours of when they become aware of it. And it goes on to say that it's irrelevant to give it to them anyway, but yet they are to monitor the pregnancy through preg gap or preg out. Medical errors, medical device deficiencies, overdosing, human biological samples. I don't agree with this. Uh, in other words, they're taking human biological samples for geometrics. Immunology assessments. Here we go. Talking about SAR, SAR, COVID-19 or novel corona. Immune responses. Additional pharmacological. There's just all kinds of viral load. Stuff that doesn't make sense, but it's part of it. <laughs> And I'm medical community, believe it or not. The point is, what I'm trying to get at, my friends, is these people are passing. Let's see, where are we at? Twitter. They are passing this, and I'm 18 minutes over, but I'm going to finish. They're passing this as something safe when it's not. It's affecting pregnant women by miscarriages. It's affecting people with neurological damages, causing Gerber syndrome and other diseases, and it's causing thrombosis in the heart, blood clotting. So think about it. So we're going to cut here, and I'll be back in a few minutes. Well, I'm back. Yeah, it's been a while. I was celebrating the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur. Um, I did two previous recordings of the four, so now this is my section after talking about news and whatever that um, things that are going on in the world and things that have, I cut everything off. I did attend a meeting over at the park for the return. I also watched the return. It was awesome to see God working. Um, he's joining us together, people. Um, it's amazing. Uh, my call was heard where everybody else wasn't calling my call and one other person on the internet was heard and we'll make this call one more time pastors ministers leaders in our congregation and our churches messianic rabbis high rabbis low rabbis I call you out now is the time we're in that season to come back to the father our government leaders, where are you standing with your hearts and minds? It's time to come back to the Father and the Son. This is my last and final call. I won't do any more after this. Um, I took some time off most of the summer. Spend it with my family, my church family, who love me very much. And I love them. It's not been easy to be away from my ministry. We've got exactly two weeks to Sukkot. And that's when things change. So far, we've been studying the annals of Yehu. We've also studied um, Gad. And we approach the book of Nathan. 
Now, two of these three books are in our Bible. You have to literally know how to find them to understand these prophets. These was before your major prophets like Isaiah, uh, Ezekiel, um, Um, and some of the other major prophets and minor prophets. This was at the beginning of the Renaissance of David. These prophets worked within David's court. They were family, usually, or Gentiles he knew real well that was being grafted in. Um, God was not respecter of persons. He didn't look at the differences. He looked at equality. And how the person honored him in faith in those times. Faith is the key. A lot of the ancient writings that would have taught us those faith have been hidden away um, for generations. Or they're in our Bible and they're missed. It's time we go back and re-study what... The Father intended us to study. For generations, it's been taught that faith wasn't in the Old Testament. I've learned otherwise from the Father himself. In the old times, it was no different than the current times' faith. It's just man didn't accept his analogy of things. We, we sugar-coated and glossed what the Father wanted. We thought by getting to the Father, we had to use works, religious doctrine, religious moral belief. No, he didn't want that. He wanted faith and him knowing that we was going to worship him as king. The foundation of the Bible, and I'm going to quote it. We are to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. We are to honor our neighbor as ourselves. We are to honor our brothers and sisters. They are our neighbors. Who is our neighbors? What is our neighbors? Our enemies are neighbors. We're to love them. That's what he means to honor. Before we love ourselves. But yet we are also to care for ourselves. He did not say not to care for ourselves. But yet, have we really learned that? That's the question I pose today. So many people say, my way is right. But if you go back to what the Bible says and what the Father through Yeshua or Jesus taught, Jesus loved everyone. He loved everybody, then loved himself. That's the foundation principles. That's what all the prophets taught. That's what all Yeshua taught. That's what John the Baptist taught. We must repent and love others. It was very hard for me to eat the Father's words. I'm a very analytical person. I'm very logic-based. I think with my left brain, I don't think of the creative side of me. My creative side, I separate from my logic. I have a very analytical approach to things. And to see the Father show me in the Word what I was neglecting, it hit me to a core. The Father doesn't want an analytical person. It's not education. It's not moral dogma. It's not human law. It's not 
our perception of things because our perception is tainted since Adam and Eve, our forefathers. He doesn't look at skin tone. He doesn't look at female or male. He doesn't look at a child or an adult. A child can come to him just as well as an adult. Why put us perspective of age, black, white, Hispanic, Hebrew, Native American? Um, why put race in it at all? Because he created all races. It has nothing to deal with race. What's going on right now? I'm telling you. That's what made me withdraw. I had to take some time for a sabbatical to think what I was seeing happening to my nation and around the world. In a sense. My brothers and sisters look on the outside of things. The Father wants us to look at the heart. These movements we see are the heart. The heart of these people want God out of our society. They want to dethrone him. The heart of the matter, it's Hasatan, Satan, Azazel. Sazarel is his name, Azazel Sazarel, wants the father removed from our society. He wants to control everything we have. And what stands between him and complete annihilation of this earth is us that believe. He hates the Jews. He wants to annihilate my kind. He wants to annihilate my brothers and sisters of Abraham. Sunday was a very poignant point for me to see. I see. Saturday and Sunday, I've seen two signs that the Father showed me that this country is ready to heal. And it starts with his children in the church. And then Israel. I'm seeing. Sorry. I'm seeing the fulfillment of what the Father put on my heart. I seen a Jew and Gentile for the first time in 2,000 years. I don't care whether it's a believer or not. 2,000 years, 4,000 years since the Davidic covenant, covenant was pronounced on David or David, my family. I see 4,000 plus years that the nation of Israel was tore apart in 400 and some odd years. My legacy. I see that coming back together through the Son, through the Father. For they are one. They're one entity. I'm seeing that happen.
the fulfillment. People don't see that, but I do. And then yesterday, Bishop Amos made a comment that startled me. I didn't expect it. I love them very dearly, more than they know. I don't say it because the Father tells me not to. But I observe. I'm very observant. I have spent 34 years of my life, 33 of it, away from the Father. Not quite 33. At 21, I decided to pull away. Yes, I'll admit I was saved. But I didn't honor the Father. I was disobedient. I was dishonest with myself, dishonoring to Him and disrespectful. This I admit. That's what the Day of Atonement's about is for us to admit our shortcomings. The first time <laughs> since I joined them, I see a church going back to the foundations of the Bible. It's very sobering. I've practiced this most of my life outside of the church because most of your circles push it away. For the first time, I see a rebirth of it. I see the joining of the two trees, the two graphs that Papa talked about. <laughs> I don't constitute myself as being the one that caused it, for he causes all things. I still have my withdrawals. But I see how strength can pull a foundation back together and heal it. The cracks. And I'm willing to go forward with what he wants. I'm not going to be hesitant. <laughs> he showed me last night many things. Through a simple let me know he's here to comfort me. The uncertainty. I've been very uncertain about myself where I've been at. But I know where I belong. And I know where my place is at for now. I've had a lot of things the last few days that are happening and they're happening at such a speedy pace it's picked up and I know forthright the things that he has told me and I'm not going to say them here are going to happen but I will say this this pandemic has proved to me what a person can accomplish and it's not by power or by sheer will or logic, not by motivational speaking, not by preaching something down someone's throats, but simple love. 
simple love. <laughs> it was love that put <laughs> my uncle on the cross. Because in the father's love, he created a son. That son was my uncle. <laughs> and he's very much alive. And to say that, I don't say it lightly. I say it with a very heavy heart. Where my lineage led to. But I will say this. In his grace, he's seen me 2,000 years later being born to a woman that loves me very much. That give me back to him. And now he uses me. And he's going to use me to the day I die. Whenever that time may be. I'm not giving up. I'm going to fight. Even if I fight alone. I've seen a lot in my 30 plus years of life. I can't say I remember everything, but I can point out most of history and what's happening in our history. I'm seeing the fulfillment of what is spoken and what the Father shows me and He teaches me. And I'm going to say something. He's very much alive and He's very much moving. Yahuwah, Elohim, God, they're all the same person. Just different spellations of the same name. You can't separate the Father. The only reason the Gentiles understand, and I'm speaking about my brothers and sisters, is because they use his Italian name, Jesus. Yeah, it was... <laughs> Zeus's name, but that's something else. That, that, that was a way they understood. So don't say something's pagan unless you have proof. Okay. I know there's a lot of things that has happened and a lot of split and divisions and all this. I'm not here to argue that. We all come from one place. We are birthed. Or the church was birthed from its mother, Israel. Israel is its mother. And soon, we're going to see the person that birthed us. And I don't hesitate one bit for it to happen. I'm wanting it so bad. But there's things that have to take course before it can happen. And through this walk, you're going to walk with me through the remaining eight books that are in the Bible. And we are going to look at the history that ties David to modern times. And what the Father has revealed to me through his mysteries. He's laying a foundation work to the kingdom. And what's going to happen. So I will come back in about 10 minutes. And we, will we won't discuss it this evening. Since I just came out of atonement. But I will talk what happened about last night. And how impactful it was to me. To know that the Father is with me. It was an eye opener. And I needed it. Tonight's a rainy night. I call it the night of tears. The angels of heaven are rejoicing, and so should we.
I'll be right back in about five to ten minutes. All right, I'm back. Let me get a drink here. I have seen quite a bit, experienced quite a bit, been doing a lot. Um, I normally don't discuss what I do. Um, since Sunday evening, sorry there, I got home. And I have been fasting, not per se food fasting, fasting away from the internet, reading my Bible a lot, seeking the Father. <sighs> Sunday evening, I went on a walk. It was a beautiful night. It was after church. I'd say around 7 or 8 o'clock. I wanted to get my walk done. Actually, 8 or 9, maybe a little bit later than that. Because um, I was going to pick up some fruit drinks for me and my family. I got about a block away from the house. I had my Talit and Kippa on. And that's normally Saturday is coming out of Shabbat. The sun had went down. It was a new day. In this case, we had started Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. Um, just prior to that Saturday, Sunday morning, David, before he left to go see a relative of his, it's very sick. Which, Lord bless my soul, she'll be fine. I'll keep her in my prayers. Um, he had talked about the Day of Atonement and did a rite of passage type thing. He was going to leave it until he got back. Um, I was walking down about a half a block from the house. And all of a sudden, from the house on, I had this intense burning sensation on my leg. I mean, it was warm. It wasn't like a chemical burn or, or a hot plate burning. It was like a hand... With a lot of power touching the side of my right leg on my thigh. And I tried to ignore it. <laughs> and it come on me a lot stronger. And just prior to that, I had wrote some things on the card that were some things that I had done. Just to let go. Just a few hours before that, church let out about close to 2. Um, maybe one thirty. David and them left to go to Tennessee. And he did a ceremonious. We had the Lord's Supper and then... With that, he brought in a bowl, wine, and cards. And we wrote down what we had to do as an atonement. <laughs> I went ahead and done it. I didn't bother me. I wanted, I wanted it gone. Then we prayed. 
Normally in the evenings, I go on a walk, you know, I do a supplication prayer for about three to five hours. I don't pray for myself. I pray for protection for the church. I pray for protection on my brothers and sisters, protection on the one presenting the word, protection on my family, but no healing for myself. I don't think of myself. Or my prayers are typically what people would think as prayers. Um, I typically have a 35-45 minute session where I worship and pray. Now, I've noticed my worship time gets a little bit longer, my private time. And I usually come before the Father. Give me one minute here. Before the Father. And I bow on the floor just like you would bow to a king. Because he's a king, of course. And I'm not being facetious. But this evening, typically I, you know... I'll have a 30 to 40 minute prayer. And this evening I decided just to go on a walk, listen to my music, clear my mind, come back, do my prayer. Because I was kind of fidgety like I am right now. And my mind, it's very hard to clear unless I use music to calm me down. Well, I got off the porch, come down. And then all of a sudden, this warm feeling on my right thigh happened, right, right on my top of my hip, where my pants sat, and I had my thermals on. And I reach over, and my pants are like hot, burning hot, which is not normal for me. My body doesn't produce heat. I went about three blocks down towards the end of the fence of our yard, and it hit me again. And I, I tried to put it off. I knew it was the father. And in other words, I knew he was giving me a sign that I had done something right. I, I don't know what I did. And then I got to the end of the block. And he hit me again. And this time it was so hot. It actually touched my pants. You could feel sweat where it had touched it. Now, that morning I had been hurting in that area because of certain reasons, but he clarified to me that's not what it was for. Right now he's touching me. Um, he was showing me he was there. Now, I got some way away from the house because where I'm going is about a two, two and a half hour walk, so that gives me time to clear my mind. That's round trip about an hour and a half down and an hour and a half back. And I use that time to pray. I use that time to supplicate. I use that time to do things I need to do. And all of a sudden, on my halfway there, I had this intense twisting sensation in my hip. 
and he spoke. He says, you know I'm here. I says, yeah, I know you're here. He says, no, I'm beside you. I'm with you. And it didn't dawn on me that he had touched me. And I asked, was that what I was feeling, the heat from you? And he goes, yes, I was letting you know I'm here with you now. And you pleased me. And see, I have, I have had off and on, not visitations, but he'll give me a word. I write that word and then I go back and read it to understand the context of what he wants because he's training me. But this time was the first time the training got physical. It went from just being on the paper to a physical manifestation. And he had told me that this would happen. He didn't say when, but he told me it would happen. Now, this was after attending the return, watching the return, um, and doing other things that Saturday that I had to do, uh, amongst other things. And then Sunday morning, that evening, what I had set aside to spend time as contemplation. I typically will read a Bible lesson or listen to a Bible reading or do something like that and then go into my prayer or I go onto a walk just to get away to worship. Now, like this evening, I can't do that because it's too rainy. So I'll fix dinner and then I go in and I pray. And that's what I was doing. I was praying in my mind. I, I normally keep my prayer closet to myself. I do it in the evening so nobody is bothering me. And this particular evening yesterday, he says, you know why I did this? And I says, no, Papa. That's what I call him. I call him Papa or Abby. I don't know, Abby, I don't know what you mean by this. He says, I am showing you not to doubt yourself that I am with you. You have been doubting, not me, for you trust me, but you're doubting your thoughts of me. I've had this nagging fear that the Father's going to leave me for something I've said or done. It's been that way for a while because of all the things I've been through. And in my childhood, I had a very deep relationship with the Father. But now I understand what he meant. I walked away from him. He never walked away from me. But where I've heard so many things taught to me that the father just walks away when you do something wrong. I had that in the back of my mind. He says, I am showing you I am here presently with you. Now, do you trust my words? And it dawned on me. He was teaching me as a disciple. And I'm not one for the teaching, you know. But in this case, it finally cleared my mind of the doubt. He says, now I want you to understand that I am always with you no matter where you 
go. Now, some of this is in scripture, yes. That he tells us he will never forsake us or leave us and, you know, so forth and so on. And I do quote it quite frequently. I don't remember the scriptures, but I quote them because they're on my heart. Because I know they're there. But through my entire life, I've had this nagging feeling. I've had people judge me. I've had people persecute me, saying that the Father's not with me because you're leaving a building. And this was the mindset I had. It's not easy. And it takes the Father to help a person out of this. Now, I'm talking it through a perspective of my heart. Maybe somebody will hear this. Maybe it'll help them. I don't know. And I'm not going to say it will. But I will tell you, yesterday evening was a very eventful evening for me. And we're going to continue because I'm going to do this into a two-session two section for posting. This is the first half, so I'm going to take a little bit. I've got to go check dinner, and we will be right back.